Hi, I'm Rick Anthony, and welcome to the Someone You Should Know podcast, the podcast that focuses on musicians, authors, and interesting people. We like to say we're making a difference one artist at a time. So sit back, have a cold one, and get ready to meet someone you should know. Hey, it's author time on this episode of the Someone You Should Know podcast. I'm going to introduce you to an author with a brand new fiction novel that came out a couple of days ago called Strange Flesh. It's the story of Freddie Bickle, who is loved by two women, one that wants to marry him and one that wants to murder him. <laughs> Sounds interesting. My guest this time is author Joe West. Joe, welcome aboard, man. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you having me aboard. Joe comes to me via a mutual friend, uh, Kevin Simon, who was uh, on podcast, episode number 81. How do you know Kevin? I know Kevin from being in rock and roll. Uh, His band was my neighbor in the the city of St. Louis in Bevo many, many years ago. And I went to a dozen gigs if I went to one, Mm -hmm. um, helping the guys doing anything I could, carrying guitars, Mm -hmm. hanging out, going to shows. And I just, I mean, to know Kevin is to love Kevin. I mean, he is. Oh, absolutely. He's a great guy. He's super fun. No, was this this Poppy's three or what part of Kevin? Yeah, yeah. it was Poppy's three. three, And and we just had a great time. I mean, you know, we we went to so many things and they did so much more. I mean, it it was an incredible journey. That band, uh, I absolutely loved. Uh, You know, I loved Kevin. I loved Randy. I loved uh, Craig. Great bunch of guys. And they had so much other music that when you'd go to one of their live shows, it's kind of like, when are they going to release that? And it never got released. And I'm because I, I asked Kevin, I said, where are those files? Because those things are just still gold. But uh, oh, they're great. Yeah, oh, they're fantastic. Absolutely yeah. good I have stuff. A, a tape and a CD at home and I pop them in every now and then. Yep. To I'm like, wow, such good stuff. Absolutely. Such good stuff. Absolutely. Now, your one sheet says that you write urban fiction and love to tell inner city tales of hell on earth with just a dash of hope that things will get easier to bear with time and a few lucky breaks that your characters will obviously use poorly and hurt everyone they love in the end. How did your love affair with writing begin? I started writing as a kid. I just started, you know, writing down stories, entertaining my friends and and every now and then my family. And, you know, it was about the only subject in school I could pass. <laughs> uh, I I've often wondered, I mean, people were always like, it's so hard to write. I'm like, well, you speak English. Why can't you write it? I and mean, I, I just didn't realize it was, it was a talent more than a skill. Mm-hmm. And then as I just got older, I just, I kept doing it and kept doing it. And I would do it at work for, for different things. And I would every now and then just, just play around with it. But I spent years in music, um, which is another big connection I have with the poppies is, is I had my own band at the time called public defender. And I would sit there and write lyrics for days and, try to put together songs and it's a it's a learning process writing uh, a little this little that and before you know it you you've built up into something um that you didn't even realize you had um i can remember when i met my my wife 30 years ago and i invited her back to my place to read my poetry uh. and she always laughs like he really had a book of poetry he wrote a book of poetry <laughs> <laughs> So I've been doing it for for just basically since I was just a little kid, and I've wow. always enjoyed it, and I, and I've always just felt like I was kind of a natural for it, and I've I've worked really hard to get uh, much better. Um, Strange Flesh took me uh, a, t- a total of three years from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Just writing it was eight months, and then editing and beta readers and just testing it and and making it just what I call horse flesh, just pure muscle, and mm-hmm. that's what everybody gets with uh, with the book now. Is they get a they get a top shelf book that a uh, I, I can only declare it urban fiction. I don't know what else to call it. I, I used to try to be transgressive or nor, but none of those none of those titles fit. Urban fiction fits because you know my characters are 
are not the salt of the earth, but they're good people and they're just trying to make a living. And, you know, it's it's not the stories of, you know, people winning uh, the lottery or, um, you know, they start off rich and they, they lose it all. No, these are just people who are struggling really hard to survive and who are trying to make those ends meet. And it's it's difficult. And it's what I relate to. That's kind of like why I'm doing the podcast. I can't write. <laughs> I, I I can write comedy. I cannot write, uh, you know, sit down and whoop. Remember that cat we were talking about hey, yesterday? There's, a cat. there's the cat. <laughs> <laughs> if you look back there, Joe, that's where she was yesterday. Way up there. Oh, that's, oh, I remember seeing that on Facebook. That was awesome. <laughs> I know. I know. She was way up there. That's what we call it. Cat got your tongue stew. Is if it's not her, it's Angel who likes to walk across the screen. Now, Chloe's got the problem of loving, loving to touch keys on the uh, on the console here and every once in a while going why, why don't i hear him anymore i realized that she hit a mute button <laughs> but like like i started to say i don't write my my wife of 40 years who i lost in 2018 had experienced all of the interviews that i've done uh for for eons when i was at the all-star radio network in st louis my wife leslie We'd be watching TV, and I'd say, "Well, I talked to him, or I talked to her. Or I, you know, listen to something on the radio. I'm going, oh yeah, I got a great story about him. You, you need to write a book. No, that's why we're doing the podcast. Is because I don't write. As a matter of fact, I had my former boss on, and he says, "Yeah, I know you don't write. I used to have to edit your stuff." Oh <laughs> uh, well, are everyone's you, a critic. <laughs> Joe, are you are you a disciplined writer? Do you take a time to write, uh, or does it just have to flow? Um. Little from column A, a little from column B. Okay. Um, I will, if I'm working and I'm dedicated, um, I'll, I'll say I want to write one page every day for five days a week. And if I miss one of those days, I got to make it up on a weekend. Uh-huh. So I finish this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm charging ahead. Sometimes a little bit more free flow. I'm like, I'm, I'm really thinking about this story. And I'm, I'm going to put down a, a little bit here and a little bit there. And I'm making some notes. And I'm, when I sit down to write, I know how much I'm going to write, where it's going. Uh, but yeah, you've got to really set yourself to a point um, of writing pretty regularly. I, I tell people uh, all the time, uh, writing is like sex. If you're not writing, you're thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might use that later. That's good. I'm going to credit, oh, credit you. Just it's the truth. <laughs> no, the question is, do I credit you as, as Joe Schwartz or Joe West? Because uh, your novels previously were published under Joe Schwartz. However, you assumed the pen name of Joe West for this novel in honor of your friend Tom West, who died suddenly just before you began writing the book. Yeah, Tom was a local radio personality. He was on The Point, uh, the Tom and Jeff show for years. He was on The Viper for years. And I met him when he was on The Viper. He had read my uh, short story collection called Joe's Black T-shirt. He was really impressed with it. He had me come on the air, and we just became friends and, and real friends. And, and, he, and he really, really loved my work. And then uh, one day he's like, hey, Joe, do you have any audio books? And I said, yeah, I've got this thing called The Bail Prophet of St. Louis. And he, he checks out, and he gets back to me really fast. He goes, Joe, you know, this is awful. <laughs> I said, okay, so me, let me do it for you. Let me make a recording for you. I'm like, okay. And he had one of my short stories that hadn't been published. And he, he does, a, he does a, a reading of it and sends it to me. I saved it. Oh, my God. God, it's so good. I loved it so much. And uh, I had this vision that Tom and I would be doing this together for forever. He was he would be the voice. I would be the words. We would be true business partners uh, as well as friends. And, and, well, then, and then Tom just died suddenly, uh, just before the pandemic. He just I don't know what happened. He just died. And it's, it's it really bothered me. It made me very sad. And I was really thinking about it as um, I started writing a novel. And 
I don't know. It, it was like magic. I started writing it. Tom appears in the book as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. It's it's really wonderful. And by the end of all the process, all the writing, all, all the, the beta reading and editing, I thought to myself, why can't we still be on this journey together? Why can't I just become Joe West and honor of Tom and his, his life and his friendship to me and his inspiration to me that obviously carries throughout this book. And that's the story of Tom West. And that's also the story of Joe West. And every time someone says, Hey, Joe West, I can't help but think, you know, somewhere in the darkness, Tom West hears that. And I don't know, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Right? So <laughs> I, it's just, it's, 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 it's just one of those things I I'm really glad I chose to do in honor of him. And I'm, I'm very glad to keep telling people how amazing and wonderful and kind and generous and loving Tom really was. Yeah. And what a big influence he was on me. That's, 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 that's nice that you carry his memory along. That's, that's really cool, man. I really appreciate that. It's really cool. I hope our listeners appreciate that too. It's kind of nice. Now, before we continue, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning into the Somebody You Should Know podcast. You know, we're on the web, somebodyyoushouldknowpodcast.com. You can find recent news, our archive of past episodes, and a whole lot more. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we really and truly invite you to go ahead and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing, okay? Plus, we're so blessed, so blessed to be heard all across the world, 75 countries. I want to salute a couple of cities here, Rio Linda, California, listening today, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and Kissimmee, Florida, listening in. The Someone You Should Know podcast heard wherever quality streaming audio is available as we get back to our podcast interview with Joe West. Now, we've been talking about it. A little bit, but we actually haven't been talking about the new book. Strange Flesh came out just a couple of days ago. Can you give us a, a maybe a two, three-minute synopsis of the book? Sure thing. Straight from the, from the back cover. All right. Freddie Bickle is a degenerate and a louse. He's not a good man. He never wanted to be, but how things have changed. Freddie has spent his life being angry while mostly drunk and high. He hasn't been much of a friend or an employee, but sometimes life doesn't come with choices. Some days, all any man can do is hang on, hoping he won't die or go to prison. So far, Freddie is doing pretty good. Sunday Jones is young and pretty woman in her 20s, but isn't ready for life as a grown-up. Unable to adult alone, her mother, Jerusalem, is glad to keep her daughter home to help run her life. Most of all, Jerusalem wants to have a family again, but that is going to require more than good intentions. Freddie has a crush on Sunday, and she knows it, but her mother, Jerusalem, has taken a shine to the lousy security guard, despite his obvious flaws, and has no problem using her daughter as the bait that will trap Freddie. Even though Freddie is willing to make a deal to be Jerusalem's common-law husband and father to his weirdly strung-together family as a personal drug dealer to them all, Freddie cannot seem to say no to Sunday's autistic son, Octavius. In exchange for all this, Freddie wants only one thing, to have a home he has no right to claim as his own, but one he has dreamed of having all his life. For the first time in his miserable, wasted existence, Freddie Bickle will get to see what it is like to wear golden handcuffs, to be a husband and father, a man with responsibilities far greater than he could expect or imagine in order to have what he has always wanted, a place in this world where he belongs. Now, all he has to do is not screw everything up like usual. Yeah, I think we know a person just like that. Don't we all know one someone like that? I swear to God, if one more person walks up to me and says, is this book about you? I'm, oh, I'm going to cry. Well, you kind of wonder where the inspiration comes from. Where did that one come from? Well, I it was a pandemic. Okay, I worked I'll buy at that. St. Louis okay. Public Library, and, you know, to stay employed, 
Uh, my job is the event and auditorium coordinator. Well, there's no events and there was nothing to coordinate in auditorium during the pandemic. So I said, well, if you don't mind, I'll be a security guard for a while. I've done it before. And they're like, sure, of course. And they let me work the front door at the library. So at 5 a.m., you know, the early staff comes in, custodians, maintenance people. I have to make sure they're wearing a mask and, you know, make, take their temperature. And everybody's, everybody's you know, ducky. Well, it takes 15 minutes, 16 minutes, maybe. Uh, and that's it. No one else is coming in until 7, 8 o'clock because there's really not a whole lot to do except go to your office and shelter in place and start sending emails. And a lot of people are working from home. Mm-hmm. So I had about two hours or so a day to myself that was just, you know, premium time. And I like, well, it's to start writing. And I just started writing a story about a security guard just walking around the building. He's frustrated. He's angry. And it just blossomed. I don't know how else to really put it cool. to you. It's one of those one of those things where you suddenly start telling yourself a story and hallelujah. It's, it has an ending. <laughs> how, hey, Joe, how does this compare to your previous books? It's a lot different. Um, the, the other books um, d- didn't have the, what I, I would consider the chops for, for such a, such an intelligent raw book. The, the others were, were, uh, were a lot shorter and I was still learning a lot as a, as a writer. Uh, this is this is masterclass time. This is yeah, this has gone go. from you know being able to tell a yard to being able to suspend disbelief. Very cool, very cool. I like that too. That's I think I might use it later. Oh yeah. Now it, it, this this book here, I, I imagine you could have some book signings uh, involved. You had an interesting story regarding Stephen King and book signings. You share sure, that with us? It, I, I heard it secondhand through a, a book, of course, uh, by Chuck Palahniuk. Chuck Palahniuk had written a book of a writing advice. There's a lot of these on writing books. Stephen King is, has one, but Chuck had worked in Seattle and he had helped with a Stephen King book signing. As you can imagine, there's a thousand people want Stephen King to sign their book. Stephen King starts signing books, as I recall the story, and he had like a blister or, or, or sore on his finger and it, and it popped and he started bleeding as he was signing someone's book. And he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa stop. Let me get a Band-Aid. And, and, the, and the person who signs like, no, don't you dare. I want that. And he's like, okay, whatever. Well, the next person in line wants it, the next person. And before you know it, this poor guy is probably <laughs> you know, <laughs> becoming a hemophiliac at the end of this signing and, and needs to be rushed to the hospital. But th- I mean, that's the kind of popularity Steve, Stephen King suffers. He's, he's the Elvis of, of pop literature. I mean, there's, I don't know anyone who could be bigger. I, I just don't. It's not just that he has so many books. He just Everyone, I, you, I can't throw a rock and not hit somebody who hasn't read a Stephen King book. I, I really don't think it's possible. I have. My wife has. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've got a, an entire little wall selection there that's just Stephen King. Good stuff. And right I was there. a big fan of his Bachman books. Mm-hmm. He had a four-book four series. Uh, when I was a kid, I was reading those. And I was just blown away. Those were a way bigger influence on me than any of his horror stuff because it was it was real nasty and dirty and transgressive and dark and, and violent. Um, and I think every one but one has been made into a movie, mm-hmm. uh, the most famous being Stand By Me, which was yeah, actually exactly. called The Body. Mm-hmm. There you go. Very good. Very good. Uh, let's talk about where the book is available at. Where is it available at? Sure. In St. Louis, you can get it exclusively at Dunaway Books if you'd like to walk in and buy one from your local merchant. Uh, otherwise, you can get it on the great big Amazon, 
It's where every, everything's at. That's where everything lives. I always tell people when you spell it, make sure you spell flesh with a dollar sign. Otherwise, you won't find it. But Strange <laughs> Flesh is available on Amazon 24-7 at a very reasonable price of $15. Very good. Now, what I'm going to do, folks, is I'm going to go include that down in the show link. So if you're driving your car right now and you're going, what was the name of the book? What, Rick, what was the name of the book? It's down in the show link. So when you get down there, uh, and if you get to work or wherever it might be, just go down to the show notes. It is down there. Just click on it. It'll take you directly to uh, where you can get that book. Let's talk about your social links, too, as far as that uh, goes. Joe, how can people find out more information about you? Let's see, for instance, if you got book signings and such to go. Sure. Uh, I always tell people, just find me on Facebook. It's real easy. Joe West. I'm not hiding. It's, it's a very simple. If you find Joe Schwartz, by accident, you can click right on over. I'll, I'll get you. <laughs> I, I have no problem with self-promotion. You'll find me all the time. And, it's, and I keep it simple. I keep it all on Facebook. That way, there isn't a lot of socials to go find. If you're not using Facebook, I'm sorry. That's that's a, that's a that's my loss, but it's it's what I've chose to do. <laughs> me too. I, I mean, that's just it. I mean, I am on TikTok. I am on Twitter, or X is what it's called now, and I'm on Instagram and, and all the other ones. But it's basically just to promote what I'm doing on yeah. Facebook you know, <laughs> or on YouTube, <laughs> whatever it might be. <laughs> now, besides this, you're more than just a writer. You're also a realtor in St. Louis. Isn't that correct? I am. I am a realtor. My website is joeschwartzrocks.net. <laughs> uh, all realtors need to find kind of a hook with actually fulfills part of who they are. And I spent years and years failing in music. So I figured, why not? Let's just carry that over to being a realtor. Uh, but I just have a great time with that and uh, love uh, buying and selling houses for folks here in St. Louis. Um, I've, I've been doing it for six years and it's just been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's, and it's just a super way to earn extra money for my family. Um, I remember when people first started saying, why are you selling real estate? I said, because I would like to get in an airplane to go on a vacation without, <laughs> that would be nice. I have driven halfway across the United States more than once. It sure would be nice to have enough money to fly somewhere. It's hard and to it drive. Has, it's hard to drive to Hawaii. Indeed. <laughs> they still haven't built that bridge. I'm waiting. <laughs> Very good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to include his, if you happen to be listening right now and you happen to be enjoying books and such, but you also happen to be looking for a new place, I'll include his link uh, to Joe Schwartz Rocks. Is that right? Dot net. That's, dot, that's correct. Dot net. Okay, yeah. very good. I'm going to include yeah. that. In a, all right, what about final thoughts that we should know about Joe West, Joe Schwartz, your books, whatever it might be, that we don't already know? Well, the main thing is that I'm sincere. I mean, um, when you meet me, uh, I, I always I always try to tell everybody, you know, if you're looking for uh, a no-spin, total zero BS kind of guy, I'm your dude. I'm a lot of fun. I'm a funny guy. At least I try to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, don't ask my wife. She doesn't laugh at anything I say. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, I, I come from the heart with these stories. I was raised real poor. I was lived in many basements, many cars, uh, many times. We didn't know what was coming next. We didn't know where food was coming from. Uh, so, you know, they write what you know. Well, I know poverty. I know it like the back of my hand and I'm fortunate to have come out of it. I've, I have a successful career, uh, two careers in, in fact, but you know, writing has always been the passion, always the love, the thing I want to turn from, from straw into gold. And I promise you, I absolutely promise you, if you read a book of mine, any one of them, here's my bottom line. I do not suck. All right. Very cool. There's one other thing I want to do since you have been in music. This is something that I did on with Kevin, and I do it with all, all of my musician guests. 
you've done your share of load ins, you've done your share of load outs. A thing I do, I love to do, is called Tales from the Road. Those are those infamous road stories where things didn't go quite as planned. You plug in and the fuse blows, or you plug in and a guitar string breaks, or or you realize that you're at the wrong gig or something like that. <laughs> do you have a do you have a spinal tap moment, Joe? I have one uh, that I recall fondly. At the time, I, w- I didn't find it all that charming, but I was playing the high point in St. Louis, and you load in through a back stairwell. Know it well. And know it very it's well. Steep. It's a steep stairwell, and it's narrow. And we're loading up, and guys are loading down, and we literally are crawling under and over each other. I've never experienced anything like it in my life. I was, I, <laughs> I mean, it was nuts. And, that, and that's that's just one of those mini road stories. I even have a a book, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Adam Wolf and the Cook Brothers: a Tale of Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, underneath Joe Schwartz. If you really dig the rock stories, I've got a book chock full of them. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out myself because I am truly, I mean, that's one of the features that actually started back in the late 90s when I started with the Someone You Should Know podcast for the All-Star Radio Network. And uh, there were little things uh, that that branched off, one of which was called Tales from the Road. And uh, that's just something that I, I've always loved. And the people just seem to enjoy, yeah, at the time, it was, you know, oh my God, how did I, how am I going to survive this particular moment? But then you look back at, after having a couple of beers going, do you remember that time <laughs> when we played that venue and we had four, four blown tires or, you know, the, the, the time that the, we could never get the truck started or whatever. Absolutely. Like that? Absolutely. When I, when I wrote, you know, Adam Wolf and the Cook Brothers, my theory was real simple. No, you can't describe playing music. It, it's just, it's, 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 but you can tell people all about putting the band together, how the songs come, the infighting, the, 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 the weird and mysterious and fun and groovy people you meet along the way. And, you know, you know, getting ripped off and and getting famous or dreaming of it and, and it not happening. And I mean, there's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows. And I can remember when I sold my very first piece of work, it was a screenplay called Stabco, the story of two loser brothers who find salvation and redemption through the sale of knives door to door, also available on Amazon. <laughs> and I remember her sitting me down, putting her hands on my shoulders. Like I was going to leap up at any moment. And she said, look, baby, I know you want to be a musician, but you're a writer. And everybody's like, is it because you made money? It's like, exactly. <laughs> I, I never paid any bills <laughs> as, a, as a musician. And as I listened back on my old old tapes and CDs, I realized why. I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the man, hey, he talks about being honest. He's truthfully honest. He's Joe West. Uh, once again, I highly recommend you check out the brand new book, Strange Flesh, available in the show notes, take a look at the show notes. Get yourself a couple hundred copies for Christmas, and uh, and it's going to be something that someone's going to enjoy on your holiday list. So make sure you get a couple of hundred copies. Strange flesh, and it's from my friend Joe West. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Rick, you're the best. Thanks, man. Hi, this is Rick Anthony. Thanking you again for tuning in to this episode of the Someone You Should Know podcast. Before I go, I want to share some friends of mine who also have a podcast. Give them a listen, and I invite you to check us out next time right here on the Someone You Should Know podcast. All right, here's my friends right now from the Rock and Roll Chicago podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Ray the Roadie. And this is Hollywood Mike with the Rock and Roll Chicago podcast, coming to you from the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66 in Joliet, Illinois, where once a week we are interviewing local musicians and singer-songwriters, and the podcast itself covers a wide range of topics, including... 
but not limited to the history of rock and roll in Chicago, the current state of the scene and the challenges and opportunities facing musicians today. So join us every Tuesday for a new exciting episode of the Rock and Roll Chicago podcast.